Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast, presented by Belly Up Sports. Just great sports fans talking mostly about hockey and football, sprinkled with a bit of everything else. Now, here's your host, a Flames fan with a Golden Knights backup plan, Jason Bizek. All right, joining me from St. Louis are the two hosts of Two Drunk Brothers and a Podcast, Jarrett and Travis Ryan. How are you doing, guys? Doing good. How are you? I am doing excellent. Excellent. Jarrett, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Excited to talk some betting with you guys and uh, hoping to teach everyone a thing or two and hopefully win some money. So. Yeah, so sports betting has uh, something that I've always kind of kept my eye on, although I've always been too chicken shit to dive into it, uh, <laughs> mostly because I have no idea what I'm doing and nowhere, no idea where to begin. So uh, why don't we start there? And uh, so as somebody who's never dabbled in sports betting before, where would somebody like me even begin? Travis, so... let's go with you. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's really tough because I know there's a lot of limitations just based on your state. Um, so kind of what mean what I did. Uh, actually, I'll just go into a very brief story. Me and Jared, Jared's four years older than me. We lived together when I moved to college, uh, and uh, one of our roommates uh, kind of bet on sports. And me being a young eighteen year old uh, guy, I was like, oh, I want to get into this and kind of make some money. So signed up with on an online site. There's plenty of them. You got my bookie, Bavada, all those types of things that you can go on. Uh, so just, you know, creating an account. It's free. Log on. Put some money on and get going. Whether you want to, well, it just depends what size your bankroll is. If you're, if you, you know, you're not comfortable wagering a lot of money, you start with like five, $10 bets and you can go up from there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jarrett, uh, one thing that I've always wondered um, is what kind of factors go into uh, the numbers that we see when we look at a sports betting line? Like, I'm sure th- the numbers change all the time. Is that correct? Oh, they change constantly. Uh, and it all comes from the fabulous, uh, fabulous city of Las Vegas, Nevada. They kind of control everything. I mean, there's literally people who have a career dedicated to determining what the lines are going to be for games, depending on injuries, last minute things that happen. If the public is hammering one side of the line, so a line could open up, and you know, uh, the home, like let's say for instance, like Thursday night, the Bucks are eight point favorites uh, against against the Cowboys. If the public starts hammering the Bucks, hammering the Bucks, hammering the Bucks, that line's going to go from eight to eight and a half to nine to nine and a half until the public starts to lay off of it because Vegas doesn't want to lose, uh, lose, lose their butts on it. So there's a lot of things that go into it, mostly how the public's betting injuries, uh, COVID that that's a big thing to do with betting, but a lot of different factors. People are constantly watching the news and, and updates in real time to determine what the, what the line should be in any given game. So. Okay. And, uh, back to Travis, um, why is it, uh, the, this seems obvious to me, but why is Vegas control a lot of the betting? Is there something to that or just that's because it. Vegas is the gambling town? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. I think that's probably, you know, the main reason for it is like sports books and casinos kind of made their, made their way in Vegas. And that's where honestly a large portion of the volume of bets and the money 
uh, being put in and bet on these games is happening is in Vegas. So uh, I'm not sure if, if anyone's ever watched the UFC fight. They'll show up like tweets and, and live updates on the ticker down at the bottom. Like this much was just wagered at, you know, MGM or all like another big casino or sports book in Vegas. So having all this money in Vegas, it's easier to determine where to start the odds and where to move the lines because that's where majority of the money is being bet on. Yeah. And uh, so we've already kind of heard how Travis got into the, the betting. Jarrett, how about you? How did you get into the sports wagering and betting? Uh, well, seriously, uh, it was kind of it was basically <laughs> Travis. I mean, I had dabbled in it before. Like Travis said, like I had, we had roommates in college. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm four years older than Travis. So just being in a college atmosphere environment, like I had a roommate of mine who was in a fraternity at one, at one point in time. And we all know every, every fraternity has their designated sportsbook guy, whether it's legal or not, it's it's done on, on every college campus across the country. So, uh, I mean, I really got into it in college, kind of took it some time off, and then once we started the podcast, like I really dove into it full time uh, to the point now where Travis and I probably shoot Travis like what we probably this year alone we probably done put out over two thousand picks. Um, it's kind of wild how how yeah. in depth you can go into it across different sports. So. I got into it in college and really dove into it, deep into it in the podcast. And I mean, like Travis said, whether you're gambling five, 10, 50, hundred dollars, you know, it doesn't really matter. That's why we're talking units on our podcast. So, you know, we tell us, say, Hey, we're going to put two units on this game and a unit could be different to everybody. You know, a unit for me is like 20, 30 bucks. A unit to you could be five, $10. Um, it just kind of varies across the board. So not try to, uh, you know, bet shame in that regard but that's that's kind of how i got into it is really college and, and, and through travis in the podcast all right I, I think you were kind of breaking up there a little bit but you're you seem to be back now um <clears throat> you mentioned um as people are hitting a certain team the numbers change a lot um, one thing that I kind of recently got into looking at was a new company called Symbol. I don't know if you guys have heard of Symbol and uh, how they kind of, it's, it's like the stock market. It's kind of like buying stocks, except what you're buying is you're buying team stock, so to speak. So you, you put your money in, you, you fund your account, of course, and you buy a certain amount of stock. You're like, for instance, Tampa Bay would have a high price because they're, they're a good team. Um, so basically you buy units of, t of the Tampa Bay team and as they win and stuff, the stock goes up and as they lose, it goes down and really something kind of interesting that I found. Um, now here in Canada, I don't know if it's actually become legalized yet, but single game betting has uh, become, is becoming or has become legalized in Canada now. So that's something that I'm really interested in where you can make bets on uh, who's going to start a game, who's going to have, you know, the most shots in a game, all that kind of stuff. Is that something that you guys also dabble in down there? You talk about hockey? Uh, yeah, hockey. I think football as well up here, uh, the okay. CFL, hockey. Um, I think baseball as well, as, as far as I know. I haven't looked into it a whole lot yet. Because uh, it's new, and uh, or is it? Are you guys just mostly, you know, picking wins, losses, and spread that kind of thing? So we're we're kind of all over the board. We'll do whatever we like. I mean, 
it, it's it's kind of an endless just hole of how many things you can bet on in the game. Like it really is. Uh, this year, something that we never really got into, like right now, baseball season, uh, a big thing that we've been betting on is uh, strikeout uh, props, which for those of you who know, props is like a certain player uh, to have a certain amount of like yards, strikeouts, hits, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so like what we've been doing this year is, is taking a pitcher's strikeout uh, number, whether it be four and a half, three and a half, five and a half, and taking the over under on that based on you know, what we find. So we can do that. We can do the same thing for football on a player's receiving yards or touchdowns or passing yards. Uh, so really, I mean, we do it all, whatever, whatever we see there's, there's an advantage on, mm-hmm. we try to hop on because that line can move pretty quick. Uh, once kind of, once people get the, get the notion that it's a, it's a line that you can, you can take advantage of. Okay, yeah, that that kind of sounds like what I was trying to explain. As you can tell, I have not been in the betting game. I don't know, don't know all the terms and the procedures. So that sounds a lot closer to what I was trying to explain. <laughs> um, so let's go through some of the some of the terms that people would come across in sports betting. Uh, I always hear the word parlay coming up. Explain to me what a parlay is. I'll take this one. So a parlay is whenever you, uh, I'm, I guess, traps in the, now parlays. I will tell you this: big value parlays they can get you in a lot of trouble. Um, and Travis will attest to that. Yeah, uh, they they are they are not good uh, to to a certain extent because if you're down and you're chasing uh, money, because parlays are all about making more money, you can you can certainly lose your ass on parlays for sure. Yeah. But basically what a parlay is, is you pick whatever it is. It's got to be two or more, two or more bets. And you couple them all together, and all of those bets have to hit for you to win. So like, so let's say, for instance, I, I'm just looking at the primetime games for the NFL this week. If I wanted to bet on the Bucks, the Rams, and the Ravens to win all money line, not spread, but because you can do money line, just basically them to win, you parlay, parlay all three of those together if the – if the Bucks, the Rams, and the Ravens all win, you win your bet. So that's basically what a parlay is. You're picking two or more bets all coupled together, and if all of them hit, you win. So that's why you get – like you can do crazy like six to seven or eight game or eight-leg parlays where you, the more you add, the more the values go up. Yeah, and, it, okay. and it, like it, it, it's a huge multiplier essentially is what it is. So if you, mm-hmm. if you put two teams in it uh, the, that are a decent favorite – it'll make it at like almost like an even return or around an even return on, on your investment. But if you have like a six team parlay where you have six different teams in there to win, you know, you can put in, you know, like let's just say for like $10 to win like 50 or $60, uh, something like that. So it's, it's basically like a multiplier, but again, they're very tough to do and they're very tough to hit and they can get you in a lot of trouble. If, if you're trying to chase, chase some bets that you've just lost. Yeah, so if I were to put like a hundred dollars on down on you know a, a three game parlay, now if I lose, I'm only losing my hundred dollars, right? I'm not losing anything extra besides the hundred dollars that I'm placing, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a lot of times, um, I'll you know we'll see uh, some, for example, St. Louis, uh, you know. 1.30 or whatever um on a on a betting line explain to me what that 1.30 would mean in that line 
You mean minus like minus one thirty? I'm assuming that would be the multiplier. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's if it's uh, if it's base uh, really anything, so minus one thirty would be a uh, money line play. So what that means is that's straight up to win. Um, so minus one thirty would would typically mean that they're a favorite. So you're going to get a little bit less of return on what you bet on. So if you bet eight dollars, or sorry, ten dollars, you're going to win a little bit less than ten. Uh, and that's just kind of how it works. And then now there's also like in, in hockey, there's puck line, which would be minus one and a half. So that'd be a team to win by two goals. Generally, you're going to get a lot more value on that rather than just a win, which would be a money line because their money line is going to be a lot higher. And they do the same thing in baseball as well. Uh, they do run lines, which is a team to win by my minus one and a half. So two runs or more. Uh, so you get a lot more value on those, but then again, uh, there's a lot that can that can come into factor on those, like a closer blowing the game in baseball or an empty netter <laughs> in hockey uh, that that can kind of screw you on that. So, but that's kind of that's kind of the deal on that. And then anything plus odds. So if you see like like a plus one ten or plus one twenty, you're going to get a higher return on your investment. So if you see like plus one thirty, you'll bet ten dollars to win uh, to profit thirteen dollars. So you're okay. going to get more money back uh, on your initial investment. So that number is kind of a multiplier then. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, uh, another common thing I always see is uh, betting on the over under and uh, kind of explain how that works to, to someone who wouldn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll jump in here because I kind of got uh, screwed on the over under last night <laughs> in the Louisville Ole Miss game. Um, so the Louisville Ole Miss game for in college football last night uh, was 74 and a half. So basically you look at that, you're just looking at the total number of points, runs, goals, whatever it is in that game. So in mm-hmm. hockey, we'll see a lot of times it's like over under five and a half goals. So basically as long as both teams combined score over five and a half goals, you win your bet. So like last night in college football, uh, I said it was 74 and a half and I bet the over and, you know, both teams came out Well, Ole Miss came out hot and Louisville kind of led an egg. Um, and I'm like, all right, it's best dead in the water. Well, then in the second half, they got hot and started heating up, scoring a bunch of points in the fourth quarter. I ended up losing by a touchdown, but basically you're just betting on the total amount of points, goals, runs, whatever is in the game. So that's what you're betting on. And most times over-unders are the same odds. Whether you bet the over or the under, it's going to be minus 110, which is, like Travis said, you bet 10 bucks, you're going to win a little less than 10. And we and we're a lot. We do a lot less on over unders because in our minds, especially in mine, I'm, I'm speaking for both of us when I say this, but it's kind of a crapshoot because uh, you really never know. Like you could have a good defense in, in football or, or even hockey, a good goalie, let up a lot of goals and you bet the under, or a lot of points in football and you bet the under. So we we try to stay away from that a little bit unless it's like a really favorable number that we just can't we just can't avoid. Hmm, all right. Yeah. Um, and one final uh, term that I'll get you to kind of explain is the spread. <laughs> I see that a lot, a team covering the spread. So just kind of explain what that is. Yeah. Travis, do you want me to, you want me to take, t- take a stab at this or do you got it? Uh, I'll go ahead and cover it since you covered the over-under. Yeah, so a spread, essentially, so both, it's on each side. So you can cover the spread as a favorite. You can cover the spread as an underdog. So again, let's talk about. We'll just take take in, for instance, the next game that's going to happen, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks and Cowboys game on Thursday. We talked about this on our podcast that we recorded tonight. 
Tampa Bay is an, is an eight-point favorite on Thursday. So for them to cover the spread, to cover, they have to win by nine points. Uh, they have to win, can't, can't win by anything less than that, but they can win by nine or more. Now for Dallas okay. to cover, uh, they can lose, since it's eight, they can lose by seven or less or even win to cover their spread. Um, now anything in between, say say Tampa Bay wins by eight, that's considered a push, and both sides get their money back. Cowboys betters get their money back. Bucks betters get their money back. Uh, and then anything that's like a half, so like a seven and a half, six and a half, those bets can't push. So it just goes up. So if it were to go to eight and a half, anything nine and up for the Bucks wins, anything eight and under uh, wins for the Cowboys. All right. Yeah, that's uh, I've always wondered how that works, actually, because that's one one term, like I said, I hear a lot is the spread. Um, one thing happening up here in Canada, uh, and, and this goes back to the, the single game betting coming into effect is uh, in the CFL, which is the Canadian Football League. Teams are uh, to have rosters submitted um, before game time, obviously. So a uh, big controversy now is one of the teams up here in Canada, the BC Lions, they uh, list the starting quarterback for the first two weeks of the season and actually played the other quarterback on the roster. So a lot of controversy there because yeah. uh, had had people been able to bet on those games, you know, when if you're starting your, your, your veteran starter, people are probably going to bet on the BC Lions to win. And, uh, you know, they start the backup guy. So um, that became a hot topic here. Um, what, what, what's happening down there as far as controversy, any, any big controversies happening in the, in the sports betting world that you can remember? Yeah. uh, Kind of, I'm not really sports betting. Um, but it, it could kind of go as far as DFS would be last year with Taysom Hill uh, being listed as a tight end on a lot of uh, sports sites, whether it be DFS or fantasy or whatever, and then being able to be played, uh, or he was start, starting as a quarterback, but being able to be played in the tight end spot because that's what he was. Yeah, that was a big one too, and I would also say like teams who – like a lot of teams that play their cards close to their chest, you know, your Patriots, your Saints, uh, there's a few other teams in the league that do it who don't like convey all the details to the media and kind of keep, keep, like I said, keep their cards close to their chest. And you'll find out come game day or five minutes before kickoff, if you already placed your bets, that, you know, a, a star wide receiver is not going to play that game or a quarterback's not going to play that game. And that really kind of screws up your spread or your bet. And you get a little ticked off because <laughs> you're like, hey, man, like I bet on the fact that you said this guy is going to play. You know, your Bill Belichick, your Sean Payton's do that stuff all the time. Um, I see you wearing a Raiders hat. John Gruden's guilty of that as well. So, uh, you know, I mean, just coaches kind of holding their cards close to their chest can also screw up your bets as well. Very similar to that BC line situation that you just talked about. So, And and in baseball, uh, a lot of – you there's, there's some bets where you could do uh, that are based on starting pitchers. Uh, so, like, you can make a bet where uh, – and you can include it in kind of like a little clause where both of the pitchers that are supposed to start have to start in that game for the bet to count. And if one gets scratched or one gets pulled, then the bet's void. Uh, so that's kind of kind of saves you. But that's really the only sport that I know of that does that. Oh, okay. That's, that's actually a great idea. Although it's – 
you know, that's why they call it gambling, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never a sure thing. Um, so Jared, what is your, what's your favorite sport to gamble on? Would you say, or to bet on? Ah, uh, man, it's gotta be football. Uh, without a doubt, particularly NFL, like college football is really Travis and I talked about it. Like last week was college football. It's kind of a crap shoot. Um, we didn't do great. We didn't do terrible. Uh, but NFL is by far and away my favorite, sport, my favorite sport to bet on, especially come Super Bowl time. Cause Super Bowl, there's so many things you can bet on. You can bet on the color of the Gatorade that's going to be dumped on the winning coach. You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on how long the national anthem is going to last. Uh, so football is without a doubt the best sport to bet on for sure. And Travis, how about you? What's your, what's your favorite? I would, I would agree for that to a certain extent, uh, just because of the fact that we have been, uh, we've, we've always been against, against betting on baseball. We said anything can happen on any given day, which I know that's the case for every, every sport, including football. But with baseball, it's kind of different because, you know, it's just so many factors going into one. And with how hot we've been, you know, on baseball and betting on pitchers, uh, strikeout rates and props and things like that. It's been kind of hard to, to lay off, uh, but ultimately I'd have to say football as well, just because it's just probably one of the easiest and most fun sports to watch. So uh, if, if you would, would you uh, be willing to disclose what your biggest win was? Yeah. Biggest uh, win. Got yeah. it. It's, 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 it was, it was last year in the Super Bowl. You think so? Well, I put a future. Well, Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, probably UFC parlays have been yeah. my biggest wins. I was like, going to say. Yeah. My biggest win would have been off of a parlay um, I did a couple years ago during baseball season. It's just a, a five-team parlay. Super low, low-risk, high-reward, uh, plus – I think it's like plus like 3,500 odds. So it was just a $10 bet to win 350 bucks, and I think Jarrett's was right around the same. Yeah, mine's the same thing. Mine was a UFC parlay. Uh, it was a Steve Miocic card. He was facing Daniel Cormier for the second time, so I had like three or four fights on that card. Steve was like a plus, almost plus four hundred dog, and I threw in like three favorites and Steve as as an underdog, and uh, all all four legs hit, and I think it was right around three four hundred bucks that I won off like a ten ten fifteen dollar bet. So, wow, that's not bad. But they don't. They don't always happen that way. We've lost a lot more money on parlays than than we won. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Let's go the other way then. What What was your biggest loss? Oof. Yeah. I. I think. I mean. I, I would say. I think I've lost up to. I, I've never gambled more than one hundred fifty dollars on one game, uh, and and that's happened on multiple occasions. So I'd just say. Yeah. I would say that <laughs> one being. Um, on the not this past Super Bowl, but Super before Super Bowl before, in which the 49ers kind of choked away their lead yeah, in yeah. the late third and fourth quarter, had lost to the Chiefs. So that one yeah. kind of hurt. That one still stays heavy with my heart. Yeah, so that was my biggest loss too. I, I think I put I think I had two hundred bucks on Niners money line, one hundred bucks on their spread, uh, and I think they squandered both of those away. In that game, because they were dogs, and they were like three point dogs, and they and they they lost by I think uh, what was a touchdown. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it was brutal. It was, it was a bad way. I think I lost three three four hundred bucks that day. So that's <laughs> Super Bowl whatever the Niners and Chiefs was. That was that was my biggest loss that day. So in one single day. 
so going back to uh, going back to where somebody would start in the betting industry or world, um, is, is there a favorite site that you guys like to use to to find your lines, or or do, are they all pretty much the same all across the board? They no. they actually differ quite a bit. Uh, you know, each site has has different lines. Um, the the main one that we kind of use to get our lines. Uh, Jarrett uses Bovada a lot of the time, which is just an, an easy online site that everyone can access. Uh, I go to I use DraftKings. We are right next to Illinois, uh, and I work in city in downtown St. Louis, so I'm just a drive away from the drive across the river away from being able to to bet and look at the lines in Illinois, because uh, you can do that in uh, legal states. So, really, DraftKings wow. is is kind of one of my favorite sites, but Lines definitely vary by book, whatever one you use. Uh, you can get definitely better prices, significantly better prices on some more than others. Well, even like, for instance, I was in Vegas a couple months ago, and I could go, like, I was staying at the Planet Hollywood, for instance, and I could walk from the Planet Hollywood Sportsbook over to the Bellagio Sportsbook, and they even had different odds there. Like, two blocks away, they had different odds. So, like Trev said, they can vary – um, if you're in a legal gambling state in the U.S., DraftKings is probably the better one that I would use. If you're not, if you're not, then like Travis said, there's sites online you can use mybookie.ag or bovada.lv. I prefer Bovada over mybookie um, just because I think they're better at paying out and they have the best odds. So, as for terms of of between mybookie and Bovada, so yeah. And as for up here in Canada, uh, DraftKings I think is definitely probably the top one uh, that's used up here. I see it advertised a lot. Uh, we're talking with Travis and Jarrett Ryan from Two Drunk Brothers and a podcast about sports betting and gambling. And uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. And when we come back, we're going to hit our new segment that we're going to be doing weekly where the boys are going to give us a few picks to bet on. And uh, hopefully you can uh, turn that into some quick cash. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm here to tell you about a new craft distillery in Calgary, Broken Spirits Distillery. These guys are making some amazing craft spirits and cocktails, from spice sugar cane to different styles of gin. Broken Spirits are proud to be part of the Puck and Pigskin podcast and want to offer you 15% off your purchase, either in-house at the distillery or online at brokenspirits.ca. Punch in offer code BROTHERS15 to claim your discount. Go in for a cocktail and check them out. You won't be disappointed. Betting with the Brothers, brought to you by Broken Spirits Distillery in Calgary, Alberta. Save 15% off your purchase, either in-house at the distillery or online at brokenspirits.ca. Punch in offer code BROTHERS15 to claim your discount. Now, betting with the Brothers. All right, back with Jarrett and Travis Ryan from Two Drunk Brothers and a podcast talking about sports gambling and betting and... Now we're going to go into a new segment that we're going to have weekly where the boys are going to give us a few picks and hopefully you can turn that into some cash. Uh, Travis, why don't we start with you? Why don't you give us a pick here and uh, tell the people what they can look forward to this week. Oh, baby. We're just going, we're, we're going any pick here. Any pick. Any preferably pick, a good, preferably a good one. That's going to win somebody <laughs> some money. All right. <laughs> I know you said you aren't too too uh, big on it, but you mind if I hop into some college football here? Go for it. All right, so we're hopping into some college football. Uh, that would be this upcoming Saturday. 
here in Central Time uh, in Missouri. It's at 3.30, so I'm not sure wherever that translates to you. You can do the math. That's up to you on this one. <laughs> I'm drinking. That's not for me. But we have a number 10-ranked Iowa team going up against a number 9-ranked Iowa State team. This might honestly be my favorite pick of the week, and we have an underdog here at plus money, so that means you're going to get a higher value on your return. Iowa is a plus 170 favorite, so a $10 bet would pay out 17 A $100 bet would pay out 170 Iowa last week coming off of a huge win uh, at home against a number 17 Indiana team, which they spanked 34-6. to Meanwhile, Iowa State got off to a rough start at home against Northern Iowa, so a lot smaller of a school, barely squeaked out a six-point win. Um, so Iowa looks like a much sharper team heading into this weekend, going on the road, which really isn't even on the road because they're both in the same state, uh, just <laughs> right across town, basically. Uh, little stones throw across the pond. So I'm rolling with Iowa on this one. I think the value is 100% there, and uh, this should be one of your top eyes uh, if you're eyeing a pick for this weekend in college football. All right, sounds good. Jarrett, why don't you throw one at us? What do you got? All right, I'm going to stick with the theme here. The two drum brothers like to chase a lot of value here. I'm also going to go with a team that is an underdog, so you can get a lot of good value, a lot of good return on your investment here. Um, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins on the road against the Patriots on Sunday at 325 Central Time. Um, The Dolphins are the underdogs at plus 145, and that's who I'm going to tail there. and maybe a little bit of homer pick for those who don't know. Yes, we are, we do reside in St. Louis, but Travis and I are Dolphins fans because we had to adopt somebody after Stan Kroenke and the Rams left town. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the media is hyping up Mac Jones a little too much. And if you look at any time Brian Flores, defensive mastermind, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he's able to disguise blitzes and coverage schemes that really screws with with a rookie quarterback's mindset. Just go watch the Dolphins-Chargers game from last season when he gave Justin Herbert fits in a game that they ended up winning. I think the similar is going to ha- same thing is going to happen on Sunday with Mac Jones and the in the New England Patriots. Um, so that's why I'm taking the Dolphins at plus one forty five for the underdogs. Um, so uh, again, like Travis said, ten dollars bets going to win you fourteen fifty. One hundred dollars is going to win you one hundred forty five. So um, some 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 good value there. All right, Travis, why don't you uh, give us one more here? All right, I'm gonna roll into one that you guys can take advantage of quicker than the others, and it's going to be a Thursday, uh, thir- the Thursday night football game heading going on against the Cowboys and Bucks. So one that mostly everyone should be watching. So if not, you might as well drop a little cash on it. Uh, but it's going to be a different one, something that something that you can hop right into because that's something me and Jared didn't do. And it is a prop on a certain player. And I am heading towards Scotty Miller, the receiver for the Buccaneers, uh, to have over eight and a half receiving yards. Uh, this is super low for him. He is a he is a big time uh, a receiver in terms of getting yardage per catch. So basically, this is just almost one reception for him. We'll cover this. Uh, he he went over this total of eight and a half yards in ten of the last sixteen pre or regular season games last year, and you can get this at the odds of minus one ten. Uh, so that will return about nine dollars on a ten dollar bet or ninety dollars on a hundred dollar bet. So that's a, that's one of the big ones I like heading this weekend. And lucky for you, get it early on Thursday. 
Yeah, eight and a half yards, like uh, that does not seem like a hard number to attain at all with Tom Brady straight, tossing the ball at you. <laughs> yeah, straight from DraftKings, that one came from. So there you go. Wow. Um, Jared, I'm actually going to put you on the spot. Being that I'm a Raiders fan, what's, what's the line on the Raiders Monday night against Baltimore? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're, gonna, not, you're not going to like it. I'm not going to like the pick. So the Ravens are four-point favorites. The over-under, I think, is 56. Travis, am I right in that? I couldn't tell you. Doesn't matter because uh, the, the pick here. I'm sorry, Jason. I hate to do this to you. I'm taking the Ravens. Actually, this is going to be my, going to be my next pick. So it's funny that you put me on the spot here. Um, I love the Ravens minus four. I know they're going on the road against Vegas, um, but Baltimore. Now this is something we didn't talk about. Like when you look at betting, you look at teams. They actually get records if you look at certain sites. You can look at the record against the spread. So how good they are at, at gambling wise. Well, okay. the Ravens last year. Were eleven and seven against the spread. I think that was third in the league. Uh, they were four and three against the spread on the road. Nine and six against the spread as a favorite. So that means when they're the favorite, they're going to cover nine out of the seventeen games. Um, I honestly think Vegas is going to be one of those lower tier teams this year. No offense. Um, and that Gruden style of coaching is a little bit dated. Uh, so I love the Ravens minus four to cover on the road against Vegas. Lamar Jackson and that that offense can be a little too much for them to handle. You just hurt Jason's feelings. So much. I know. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. no, no, no. I think a lot of people are are putting Vegas as as underdogs this season. I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say they're going to finish with 11 wins this season. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm going to say 11 wins. Yeah. I, you you'll see when in my uh, Raiders report that I recorded last night, which will also drop in the same episode you guys are in. Uh, we talk about the the Raiders and what our expectations are. So. I think 11 wins are good. And I would, I'll bet against them to beat Baltimore. Why not? <laughs> there you go. Hopeful. So, Hopeful. so if I, so if I'm placing say a hundred dollar bet on Vegas to win, what am I winning? A lot of money. Uh, let's see. Let's go to draft. Travis, you got DraftKings pulled up. Yeah, I can pop it open real quick. So you, and you're, you're, you're saying uh, on money line. So them to win straight up, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So they're an underdog. I'm just going to guess without looking at the line as a four point underdog, it's probably going to be right around like uh, one, 150 or so. Let's see. Let's see how accurate I am. Plus 150. They are actually, scroll down here, a plus 175 favorite. So 100 bucks Dang. will return you a profit of $175. Or actually, yeah. So. There you go. That that would be right. the bet to make. If, if you're really confident in your Raiders, <laughs> that's it. So as guys that have been doing this for a while, uh, is, betting with your heart versus betting with your head, how? what's the what's the ratio there? You never want to bet with your heart. We do it never. way too much. <laughs> yeah. We, but the thing with us is, like, yeah, yes, obviously we want to win. But a lot of the time, what it is for us is cheap entertainment. So we can sit at home, yeah. we can bet on a game that we normally wouldn't really give two shits about. And now that we have money and we have we have a you know a dog in the fight, it makes it way more interesting. So we bet mm-hmm. with our hearts sometimes, but we're never we're uh, we're rarely going to steer you guys in the wrong way with our hearts. We're just going to do that on our own money. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, we 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 hardly ever put those picks out uh, to our listeners and to our guests. So we'll, well, we we'll will lose our own money. Yeah, you never bet with your heart, but I will say the one piece of betting advice that we always say is trust your gut. 
So when you look at a line, your first gut instinct, don't overanalyze it. If, you, if you're leaning one way, roll with it, and that's that's the play to go. So don't bet with your heart, bet with your gut. Yeah, which a lot of the times is betting against your heart if you have, a, if you yep. have your own personal dog in a fight, a.k.a. Jason wants to take the Raiders on Monday night. <laughs> you can't do that. Can't. <laughs> I won't let you. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a, a great show, guys. A great uh, chat and a great education. I've, I've certainly learned a lot and uh, learned enough to, I think, maybe dabble a little bit. So uh, we'll see what we can come up with for uh, for win. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And we're, Well, hey, you're only going to learn more from here on out. So uh, we threw a lot at you, but but more is coming. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm going to drop all your links in the description in the video, but uh, tell everybody where we can find you and uh, your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Drunk Brothers, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever. Um, we basically give out picks every single week, kind of like this. We go in a full expanded car and talk about all the primetime games. Um, college games, and then we also have a Patreon where we give out expanded picks every single weekend. So check that out if you, if you feel so inclined. Um, yeah, two Joe pros on the podcast wherever you find us. All right, excellent. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, we'll see if I throw some money down on Vegas this week. <laughs> All right, All sounds right. good, Jason. Best of luck. Talk to All you right, next week. Good night, guys. The Raiders Report brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. Save 10% in-store pickup and ship to store. Use promo code store pickup. Now, the Raiders report. All right, welcome back to the Puck and Pigskin podcast. A uh, new segment now we're trying out called Raiders Report. And uh, hopefully joining me every week will be Joshua Arbuthnot. And uh, Joshua, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, really looking forward to getting to talk about uh, the Raider Nation for you for this upcoming season. And uh, next week I will be there live to uh, see the silver and black in person. So uh, very excited for this season and even more excited to talk to you, Jason. Yeah, that's great that you're going to be there. I can't wait to go to a game there. It's going to be so good. It's going to be very exciting. Um, it's a lot of loopholes. To go through i can tell you this weekend <laughs> talking to a lion stadium and being international traveler to the stadium um if you were going to do that this week i would say you know definitely plan ahead because there is a lot of things to get done if you are an international traveler before actually getting to the stadium in in, in itself so luckily we've kind of got our ducks in a row right now so we're good to go oh that's good that's good and yeah. i'm I've said it before on the show. I'm an I'm a new Raiders fan. I just became a fan last year when they moved to Vegas because I I love Las Vegas. I like the Knights, uh, everything to do with Vegas. And uh, so I'm a brand new Raiders fan. So I thought I'd bring you in since you're already a Raiders fan. You probably know a lot more than I do, and we can I've been through it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been through the trials and tribulations of being a Raiders fan. I sure have. It has. Uh, I, I became a Raider fan back uh, 1999, so almost 20 plus, 20, well, 20 plus years now of being a Raider fan, and it started off great. A lot of conference conference championships, <laughs> and you know I, the Tuck rule. I thought would be one of the worst experiences as a Raider fan, and yeah, sure it was. But you know what? It's be nice to even have a playoff game where we could have a Tuck game at this point because it's, <laughs> it's been a large arduous road 
being a Raider fan and the one playoff game we did have, we didn't even have our quarterback there. So the all hope was already kind of lost before we even took that snap against the Texans and uh, JV on cloudy. <laughs> so uh, tell me what you've uh, seen so far in camp and, and through the preseason games. What are your thoughts so far going into uh, the first game uh, next Monday night? So, yeah, we're facing Baltimore um, next game, and that's going to be a high-powered running offense, obviously. They're having injuries in the backfield. Justice Hill, he got hurt today. They were trying to leave on Bell and Devontae Freeman in their backfield to kind of fill in for already losing J.K. Dobbins. Obviously, Gus Edwards did take a high level there, and Lamar's obviously been dealing with COVID problems, and they're trying to figure out the receiving core there in Baltimore. As for the Raiders, you know, big addition today, officially adding K.J. right there, and I think that's the thing you got to look at for the Raiders going into this season is it has been rough on the defensive side. They've ranked in the thirties last year at sacks and, and uh, getting off on the third down and total yards. They just need to have a consistent defense and Derek Carr and the rest of the team can really take this team to the next level. And I think they did a really good job. Number one, Brennan and Gus Bradley, his history with the Legion of boom, his history with the Jaguars when they made that conference championships and, narrowly lost to the New England Patriots. And you bring in a veteran like KJ Wright. You have a veteran like Gerald McCoy. And in that secondary, I think this is the first time for the Raiders in a long time, definitely since Charles Woodson left, where you have a little bit more confidence of what they have in that secondary, led by a veteran like Casey Hayward there. And they have Travion Mullen, who's the former Clemson Tiger, who has been very consistent for them in the backfield. They drafted Trayvon Mooring. He's been very consistent back there. It does feel that Gus Edwards, and you could see it in some of the schemes, even though none of the starters really played, and talk about the standout too with Nate Hobbs at uh, Illinois. He was fantastic. Maybe the standout for the entire Raider organization and team during the preseason. You could see the defense had really taken a page compared to last year. I mean, you look at the one game in particular, uh, you know, the playoffs were on the line. It was dicey they were going to make it, but they had that game against the Dolphins. They came down, they did what they needed to do, they got the touchdown, and then we have the crazy fits, no mask, turn sideways pass that cost the Raiders, and they go and get the field goal, and defense just costing them there. And the Chargers drive in the game the car was hurt, and Mariota came in, costing them a drive, and you could go a handful of others. But those are two games that the defense definitely cost them games, and the offense did their job. And just judging by the preseason so far and some of these other key additions that were brought in, it looks like Gus Bradley who is, the, to me, the most valuable addition to this Raider team, but he's brought in the right pieces to this Raider defense. Yeah, they're definitely shaping up to be a team that could do good things this year. Um, thinking probably we're probably going to be looking around 10 wins to to make a playoff spot, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, would you agree? Yeah, and, I, and I, think, I think that's possible. You know, obviously, you know, when you come in here and you talk as Raider fans, there's going to be a little bias there, and it's a tough division. You know, it's, it's one of the toughest divisions. I mean, the only one of the tougher divisions would be their NFC counterpart in the NFC West with the Seahawks and the Cards and the Rams and the Niners. And you have to deal with the Chiefs up there with Pat Mahomes. The Broncos, their defense is no joke. It's a very scary defense, but they have quarterback situations they're trying to figure out with. And it's a young Chargers team, and we don't know what they're to expect. So it's a tough division, but this team has gradually improved year after year under John Gruden, and the defense is the only thing that's really held them back, and it's kind of the ghost of Khalil Max's pass has kind of been holding them back, and it really feels like this year 
they have that opportunity to kind of break the ceiling. And yeah, like you were saying, Jason, 10 wins, it feels like that's acceptable. But judging by what the media side of things says, they're not number one talking about the Gus Bradley edition at all and really not giving the Raiders any chance to even sniff 10 wins. I've seen six and five, and this is not a five, six win team. This is a much better team than that. Now, I, I was listening to a radio call-in show last night, actually, on my way home from uh, golfing in Calgary. I heard them talking about who's going to be really good this year, who's going to be really bad, who's going to be MVP. I actually heard Derek Carr's name mentioned a couple times in the league MVP talk. Do you think that's a possibility? Look, I mean, he's not, even though, you know, being a Carr fan, he's not my favorite to win MVP, but you look at, what's around him and there's no true number one receiver. It's going to be up for grabs. You know, rugs is going to have to take a jump. I really like Brian Edwards. I think he has a chance to really make a big jump. It's a team that signed John Brown to 2.3 million. And he just got outworked by a lot of the receivers there. Carr has an opportunity. Absolutely. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Long windedly is because the receiving side, there isn't a number one receiver there unless you, you know, have Waller as a one receiver, but he has a tight end. I, there's a low chance of Derek Carr getting the MVP, but we've seen in the past uh, 2016 what he could do when uh, when he's dialed in. It, Carr has not been the problem for this Raider team. He has been a dialed-in quarterback. He's been a consistent quarterback, low interception rate. So, you know, if the Raiders do end up getting that 10-11 wins, and let's say they get second in the division, and obviously they're going to surprise a lot of people with what you're seeing from over-unders and uh, uh, record guests. Yeah, he absolutely could be up there in that possibility. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite players last season uh, was definitely Josh Jacobs. He's an explosive back, and uh, I actually picked him as a dark horse to win MVP this season. <laughs> um, we we know that Carr is a is a is a, a pass. It's a passing game. The whole you yeah. know. So um, I don't know how many touches Jacobs going to get in a, in a game, but. You never know. Uh, the the ones he does get, he usually turns into something really good. Well, he's another guy that's kind of been underrated this year. You've seen him in mock drafts fantasy-wise and even running backs mm -hmm. overall. He's down in the top 20 all of a sudden. And this is the guy that's been a consistent 1,000-yard rusher in a season. And there's been a lot of talk of, you know, Brittany and Kenyon Drake and him taking away his yards. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I do think Jacobs is going to be a guy that's still going to get his carry, still going to get his touchdowns. And if you heard the way that Coach Gruden has talked about Kenyon Drake, it's they're going to use him a lot in the passing game too. And they used him like that at Alabama a lot too when he was there and just happens to know that they drafted Alex Leatherwood who helped block for both of them at Alabama and you know helped them in a little bit of the screen pass side of things. So that's going to open up that side of the game fantastically for both Jacobs and for Kenyon Drake. So I don't think the touches are going to get taken away from Jacobs as much as the conversation has really been. Mm -hmm. So looking ahead at the, at the schedule this, uh, this year, as I'm sure you have, mm -hmm. are you feeling pretty good about the schedule or any, any hiccups? It's, uh, you see? <laughs> it's definitely a middle of the pack schedule, right? You, you, you open up tough, you know, this Ravens team, I'm actually lower on this Ravens team. I, they have a really tough schedule this year. The running backs, the, the, I'm not, I mean, even the defense, I know it's a great defense and they have the history of a great defense, but losing Matthew Don, I think, really hurt them. I didn't, We even talked about adding Yannick and Galway away from them and what he can do on the defensive side, and that's a player the Baltimore lost and the Raiders gained. It starts off relatively difficult for the Raiders with two tough games. 
one against Baltimore, and then you go and then you travel to Pittsburgh. And we all know the mm-hmm. rivalry between the Raiders and the Steelers, one of the great classic rivalries there. And I believe that opens uh, the season in Heinz Field for the Steelers. So that'll yeah. be a tough game for them. But then you got games against the Chargers, Chicago, Denver, and Philly before you're by. All very winnable games, you know, potentially the Raiders could win all those games and be mm-hmm. highly over 500. And you come back from your bye, you got the New York Giants. That's a possible win. Then you host the Kansas City uh, Chiefs on yeah. uh, Sunday Night Football, I believe. And we know yeah. how much close those games were last year. That's a potential game. You got Cincinnati. That's a win, potentially. You host Dallas on Thanksgiving. You can win that. A Washington football game, Kansas City, Cleveland. That's probably the toughest stretch for them. And then you mm-hmm. finish off with Denver, Indy, and the Chargers. And Indy, you know, is not looking so hot right now. So it's a middle of the pack schedule. But if they break right for this team, like things could definitely slide from the right way. Just even how you have seen kind of things roll through the preseason right now. And the preseason isn't the gauge of everything. But as you're seeing how teams are rolling, that Chicago game all of a sudden looks a little bit easier because of what the quarterback situation is there. Would we be facing Justin Fields there, or will it still be Andy Dalton there? <laughs> What's the situation going to be in Philly? Is that going to be yeah. a Jalen Hurts situation, or is Gardner Minshew going to be in by then? Is Denver still going to be with Teddy Ball game, or are they going to go to Drew Locke? <laughs> they they have a chance by their bye to really have it fall to them the right way, but it, it starts off relatively tough against some tough defenses overall. But the, the what one thing I always like to do too is look at the quarterbacks you're facing. So yeah, week one, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's Lamar Jackson, who's you know not too far removed from being an MVP. But then you're facing Ben, and there's a lot of questions with Ben. Then you're facing Tua, a lot of questions with Tua, and then you're facing Justin Herbert. And everyone wants to crown Justin Herbert, but he's still a sophomore player. We'll see. Then we don't know the quarterback situation in Chicago, Denver, Philly. It's terrible in New York. Rookie quarterback in Cincinnati. We don't know where Dak is in Dallas, and it kind of falls that way. So it's a middle-of-the-pack schedule that if things go the way the Raiders want, they can be better. That's why when I see people saying four wins, five wins match the Raiders, I'm like, I don't know how you're only getting four wins out of this schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plus, plus to throw into the mix, you have to also consider Cam Newton may end up in there somewhere. Who knows yeah. where he's going to go? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So what are your, what are your uh, thoughts on that situation? What do you think? Where do you think he's going to end up? Well, there's a lot of options there. Uh, my guess is that nothing will happen for this first week and we'll just kind of hover and wait to see how, I mean, I think Houston's probably the number one option. They'll go with Todd Ray Taylor too, this yeah. week and see how everything goes. Washington, obviously you have the connection with Riviera and him. So that could happen. I'd keep an eye on the giants. Uh, where is Danny dimes going to be at the bat, right? You're looking at, you have a potential of having a healthy Saquon Barkley at least play week one. They're dealing with some injuries now. Their stud receiver, Tony from Florida, he's dealing with some injuries there. They signed Kenny Galladay to this massive contract. If Danny Dimes isn't doing what they want right away, do they bring in a name like Cam Newton? So that's a team I would look out for is that hasn't been talked to much is the Giants and how patient they're going to be with Daniel Jones there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Some great insight there. Now, since this is uh, our first time chatting, um, I got to ask you uh, all the obvious questions. Sure. Uh, favorite all-time Raider? Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Good answer. Which is which is funny, Jason, because I came as a Raider fan. I kind of followed Jerry Rice as a kid. He was my favorite player, but then I then I found who Tim Brown was, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, this guy's great. You can go. There's so many good ones. Jack Tatum's obviously Fred Belivnikov. There's a lot of good ones, but Tim Brown, I think, 
with just such an underweighted receiver. It's 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 probably between Timmy Brown and Charles Woodson, though. Yeah. Um, Woodson, definitely a a big name there. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite players, uh, growing up and I wasn't even a Raiders fan was Bo Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Amazing player. And had he not get, got injured, he would have done some crazy things. I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about the Monday night football touchdown when he runs into the crowd there or when he plows, I think it's the same touchdown when he plows down Mark Gassineau. So (laughs) there's definitely a lot of Bo highlights and, a whole generation kind of missing on what Bo Jackson was with Bo knows this, Bo does this. I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of passed a whole generation by. Yeah. I, I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that because today I was watching the Calgary Stampeders game and I was thinking of revisiting that whole Bo knows thing, except using Bo Levi Mitchell instead of Bo Jackson. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, definitely the Stampeders <laughs> Bo to know stuff right now. Yeah, unfortunately, that would that turned ugly uh, very quick yeah. there. So we're not talking about that. <laughs> no. All right. Well, it was uh, great having you on this week. And like I said, Hard we're going to have you back every week to take a look at what the Raiders are doing and what they did the past week. So, uh, yeah, we'll check you out next week. Cheers. Thanks so much, Jason. Let's go, All Raiders. Right. Thanks a lot, John. Down by three Look inside yourself, what do you see? The pain is in your mind, no, nothing stops me Everyone is looking at me Heart is pounding and we're down by three Look inside yourself, I know what I see Do you have the guts to do it for me? Gonna sweat Gonna work Gonna burn It's gonna hurt Some